Today, Mike Fiddle and I are having a look at the streaming schedule for week 13. It is Saturday. That means it's streaming time. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. I think you've become bad. Almost as if something is moving below us. Act a little peculiar and you're an outsider. Perhaps you've always been bad. Uh-huh. We are programmed to bring you a live broadcast from the West to Funk, but now resurrected Lost Hearts. Don't you feel it? Brego. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. At Adam King ninety one on Twitter is where you can find me. At Fiddles Picks is where you can find my co-host Mike Fiddle. Mike, good afternoon. How are you? I am good, my friend. How are you? Uh good, good. It's been a hectic morning already. I've, I feel like I've done too much already today, and it's only eight o'clock in the morning. So um, it was. What does your shirt say? You want a? Oh, it's so it's a. Um, hang on, let me stand up. So it's a Seinfeld shirt. You want? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now I know yep. it. <laughs> um, yeah. We've already been for a walk this morning. Um, done some work in the garden. Got to go do the grocery shopping. Record this show, but it's all because I'm heading to a mate's place and we're just going to watch NBA all day. So I need to. <laughs> I need to get my chores out of the way early. Uh, so that I can prioritise basketball later in the day, uh, which is is good. I mean, this isn't really related to what we're talking about today, but LaMelo Ball is probably back today, which makes me very happy um, because I, I'm i very high on him. I think he's he's an awesome player, real life and fantasy, and I've got him on one of my teams where I'm battling for a playoff spot. So I'm, I'm glad to get him back on my team. They've been wonky with injury reporting over there in Charlotte too. I think with who is it, Mark Williams? They call him doubtful every single game, and he's inevitably just out and very clearly not doubtful. But let me ask you: if you're if you're doing all these chores and getting ready to watch bas- prioritizing basketball on a Friday, have you seen any differences in your own personal uh, inkling to go watch and prioritization to go watch on like a Friday night versus? This time of the year, as versus before when it was like the in-season tournament time, and they were using those Friday nights to do those games with the special courts, because you're still making basketball appointment viewing on a Friday night. Yeah, um, I mean the in-season tournament was obviously a, a huge success, and it was pretty cool. The, the new courts and the, felt like the players were very engaged. But I just like watching basketball, so it could be any yeah. any day of the week, any time of the year. I'd still I'd still prioritize basketball if I could. Me too. Um, so, um, yeah, look, it's – and obviously, yeah, Friday night, Saturday here, so it's it's a nice day off from oh, yeah. work. Um, yeah, so, no, looking forward to a good day with a few mates that I haven't seen for a while. Um, so it should be good. Uh, now let me bring up my screen for today. Uh, so week 13 – uh, as I said, gee, it's, it's flown by. Um, fantasy playoffs are, are getting closer and closer. We've got two – well, I've gone with two high-volume days this week, Monday and Wednesday, 11 games and 10 games. And then our low-volume days are Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday with three, five, and six games respectively. The low-volume teams – so I've only included the teams that play on two of those low-volume days because there's 
quite a few teams that have one game on on low volume days and, and almost too many to to sort of look at for streaming purposes. So Denver, Indiana, OKC, Phoenix, and Washington all have two. I've included the Clippers and the Kings. They have two games on low volume days, but they also only have two games this week. So tough to prioritize a team that has two only two games, but both of those games are on low volume days. So you would be using them more than likely. Um, and then a few teams with four games. We've got Atlanta, Brooklyn, Boston, Houston, Indiana, the Lakers, Miami, New York, Oklahoma, Orlando, Philly, San Antonio, Toronto, Utah, and Washington. Um, so I'll, I'll jump to the next slide, but any thoughts on on those sort of low-volume teams or, or what um, – what, like would you consider streaming someone from Sacramento or, or the Clippers – based on the fact that they play on two vol- low-volume days? Yeah, so I think it's very important that you point out that despite playing on two low-volume days, it is their only two games. Within that, the Clippers are Tuesday and then not again until Sunday. So yeah. they are definite no, and they don't really even have that many great streaming no. options. Their stats are pretty uh, concentrated between their main guys. The Kings, on the other hand, play Tuesday, Thursday, and they're surrounded by – low uh, high volume days on Monday and Wednesday. So there's a chance that you're entering the week with say a player on the Milwaukee Bucks who's your streaming mm-hmm. option and the player that you you're flipping around. And your team is full on Monday and Wednesday, well then go ahead and forego that Milwaukee Bucks cuz they're not playing on on that Monday anyways. Grab the king who's playing on Tuesday, Thursday, and then turn that one spot into two games over the course of two days because you already have a full team potentially Monday and and Wednesday. So this is a good week to look ahead on your schedule a little bit and see, am I really full on those days? Uh, because even though we're calling them high-volume days, they're high-volume in respect to the week. We do have some days that have two or three more games than these, than these days. Mm-hmm. So you're likely to have close to a full roster, but not guaranteed. So definitely check your team, know where you sit personally, and probably forego any Clipper. Uh, you can consider picking up a a uh, King, though. If you have someone on the Clippers, you could just hold them until Wednesday, play them on the Tuesday, and then drop them. Yep, yep. Um, so we'll start in Indiana, and obviously there is there is a little bit of streaming value there at the moment with Tyrese Halliburton out Um at least for the next week and a half and, and probably going to be longer, to be honest. Um, I didn't pop TJ McConnell on here because I figure he's been picked up in most competitive leagues now. If he is available, prioritise him, go and grab him. But Andrew Nempard started, uh, which I, I figured he would. Uh, we've seen in the past that he they tend to go with him as the starter over TJ McConnell. Nempard didn't have a great game in terms of production, um, but... He can. He can be better than that. He can get you some assists. So I still think he's going to have value, even though McConnell is is the priority. Um, I, I would consider Nembhard if you missed out on McConnell. Uh, Bruce Brown was dropped in a few leagues before the Halliburton injury because he himself was out for a little while. If he was dropped, I think he gets a bump as well with, uh, with Halliburton out. And then I've just popped in Obi Toppin and, uh, and Jalen Smith, I would certainly prioritise Nembhard, McConnell, if, if he's available, and Brown over Toppin and Smith. But I think Toppin and Smith can can have some limited value if, if you need what they bring to the table. 
You didn't you didn't even include Neesmith as as a pacer. Are we just assuming he's picked up across the board? I'm assuming he is. Yeah, look again, if he's not, grab him. Um he's a, like a top 80 player this season. Uh it doesn't we've probably talked about him last week. Plenty I'm not times, sure yeah. if we did, but yeah, I think he's he's doing enough to be rostered. He graduated? I think so. Uh yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'll I'll check next week and and we'll, maybe he, he gets dropped a little bit this week. Maybe his production falls off slightly. But the reason, why, is, the reason why I asked Adam was because he was dropped in my league and I saw the Halliburton injury and TJ McConnell and Neesmith were both on the waiver wire. And I had to – I really only have one streaming spot that I like to flip over because I view Caruso as a keeper, so I'm not holding on to him even though he's been banged up and missed some mm-hmm. time and then, you know, he's hit or missed some, some games. I, I hold on to Alex Caruso. So I only really have one streaming spot, and I had the choice between Neesmith and McConnell. And I went with Neesmith, and I put down a $30 free agent bid. So it is making me quite happy to see him graduated from your list, and he graduated his way onto my roster. So that's this is a good thing. Yeah, look, he's. I, I think potentially McConnell has more value in the next week or two, but I think Neesmith right. has rest of season value. So. We, did, we did know the extent of, they were both on waivers, so it was like a pending McConnell and yep. Neesmith were both dropped. I guess maybe Indiana's schedule was less favorable right before the injury. So they were both dropped okay. and they were pending the three-day waivers. So we had time to, unfortunately, see the growth Halliburton injury where it looked like his hamstring might have come off the bone. And yeah. then... Don't go watch the replay if you haven't seen it. It's not It's not fun to watch. And then uh, those three-day period, we found out that it was a grade one and that it was only yeah. going to be a reevaluation two weeks type of thing. So yeah. I had the ability to look ahead and say, I do think Neesmith is more of a season-long thing and uh, McConnell has more short-term value in what with Neesmith. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I have Neesmith in a league and, and I'm happy about that. And I managed to get McConnell in three leagues i think but they were all leagues that don't have a bidding system so you can you just go and grab them so i i happened to be watching the paces game when the injury happened and i just went straight to the waivers in those leagues and picked up mcconnell um and and yeah look i'll just roll him up there until halliburton's back and then we'll we'll decide what to do next um i have put the clippers on here as you said i probably wouldn't be targeting them maybe for an early week stream but um, Norm Powell, Terrence Mann, Russell Westbrook, all can have value. Uh, Mann has looked all right in the starting lineup. Powell, if you need points. Westbrook, uh, if you need some out-of-position rebounds, some assists. Uh, but, again, their, their schedule isn't that favourable despite the fact that they play on two low-volume days. Um, anything else to add on the Clippers there? No, I miss Westbrook's stat-stopping abilities. And I yeah. donated some money on a Westbrook six man of the year ticket, apparently. <laughs> yes, he's not uh well, I mean the Clippers are just playing too well to to play him big minutes at the moment. So if if I correction, guess if, Adam correction, they're playing so well because they're not giving him because big, they're not giving him <laughs> that is you correct, yes. Uh OKC, not a lot of streaming value on OKC at the moment. Um, they're playing well. Josh Giddy seems to have rounded into some form. Uh, Isaiah Joe is is sort of just like yeah, Eric Gordon, who who I've got next. And one of these guys that's always going to be on this list if you need threes. 
likewise, Lou Dort, if he's available, I think he's probably still rostered in too many leagues, but if he's available, he can get you some threes, he can get you some defensive stuff. On certain nights, he is very up and down, but I sort of wouldn't prioritise either of these guys. I think there's better value on the paces, for example. Um, anyone else on OKC that uh, intrigues you at the moment? The only reason why an OKC player intrigues me is because they start off the week with the Monday, Tuesday back-to-back. So okay. if you could target a Lou Dort, he's, he's owned in my league, but he's he floats on the waiver wire. He's one of the most hot potato players, add, drop, add, drop. So mm-hmm. if you could go for a Dort or an Isaiah Joe, there's a chance that they get 32 minutes on back-to-back nights to start your week. And there's a chance that means a combination of seven stocks for Dort or nine threes for Isaiah Joe if you hit it on the right day where it's six one game and three the next. So you could target those guys early in the week and then forego them, but they do have an early week uh, back-to-back. Okay. Um, And Phoenix, Eric Gordon, I touched on him. He's on this list every week. If you need threes, pick him up. Um, Josh Okoge, if you need some defensive stuff, um, he might be – Worth a look as well, but again, Phoenix are pretty healthy now. They're looking better. Uh, Bradley Beal is ramping up into form. So it's harder now for Gordon or Akogi to have value uh, while they're healthy. So they're options, but I, again, I wouldn't prioritise them. Um, Sacramento, I would have had Kevin Herter. He went down with an injury last night, I believe, Um so I didn't pop him on this list. We don't have word as to severity of that injury or anything yet, but he's even out these yeah, – pardon? He's out tonight, confirmed. Out tonight. Okay. So uh, – and we – I mean, there are those trade rumours floating around with Pascal Siakam and and are they – he's heard a part of that. We, we don't know any of that yet, obviously. But uh, I've put Chris Duarte just because he's really the last man standing – um, he's going to have to start, but I wouldn't be adding him. You'd have to be in a deeper league, I think, to pick him up. Harrison Barnes has been pretty bad this season, despite starting. Um, Keegan Murray has sort of flown past him in terms of the um, hierarchy in that team. And Trey Lyles, who's actually looked better than Harrison Barnes off the bench, um, he would probably be the one. If I had to pick one of these three players who could be a sort of a 12-team fringe option um, for streaming purposes. It's probably Trey Lyles. You're Trey Lyles' biggest fan. He is getting the, the minutes more than Duarte or uh, – I looked up Davion Mitchell, too, on the side right now just to see what kind of run he's been getting. I think this is just uh, if Kevin Herter's going to miss time, we're going to see more Malik Monk. Go grab yes. a Malik Monk six-man-of-the-year ticket. If We were just talking about that with Russ. I grabbed Malik Monk seven to one to win six man of the year earlier this week on uh, Bet MGM. So go check out and do that because if his stat set takes off and the two guys in front of him are uh, uh, Bog Bogdanovich on the Atlanta Hawks and Tim Hardaway Jr. on the Dallas Mavericks, they're both sneakily in some trade rumors too. So maybe it's in, in a month from now, Malik Monk is the last man standing. And Emmanuel quickly was very high on that list. And now he's traded and starting. So you want to target some of these guys who fit the criteria. And uh, that might be a good time to take it in Sacramento with Herter being down. 
I think I'd of that. I mean, again, I'm I'm no better. Um, you're the betting guy here. I, I would actually probably have. I'm surprised Monk isn't the favourite. I'd I'd have him as the favourite at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just me because I watch too much basketball. But I, I just think what Monk does for the Kings is invaluable, and he's basically a starter coming off the bench. Yeah, he was fourth when I took it. It was Hardaway, Bogdanovich, Reeves, and Monk. And I actually talked about this on the Advantage that I did podcast that I did on the Fantasy Basketball International YouTube show on Wednesday, where I talked about grabbing multiple players in a portfolio approach and doing the math on the odds about how to combine them all together and understand what your payout ratio is going to be. So if you're interested in that stuff and betting some of these awards, definitely go check out the show. And uh, the sixth man of the year has some sneaky value right now. Uh, Washington. I've put DeLon Wright on here because he's obviously one of the best steel streamers. Personally, I am not streaming him again because every time I stream him, he gets zero steals without fail. Uh, so I am not streaming DeLon Wright, but I think he is still a streaming option. Uh, I've just been burned by him too many times. Um, Koulibaly, still not really getting the minutes. Um, I think I think that probably changes at some point. Uh, later in the season. And Corey Kispert can be a bit of a points guy, points and threes off the bench. But uh, his minutes are, are pretty up and down, depending on how well the starters are playing. Um, any thoughts on the Washington? I, I just avoid Washington basically altogether. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> I, I would say great time to try and go swoop up a Denny Avia in a trade. If, if, mm-hmm. if he's available because... I think there's a chance that we see a Tyus Jones or I think Poole's unmovable, but I think a Tyus Jones might get moved to a contender. I think Kuzma, the phones might ring for him. Uh, I think Kispert might be a movement shooter that some Mm -hmm. try and bring in. Denny Avia is probably the only player on the Washington Wizards besides Koulibaly who's going to be there in three or four years. So, Talk about silly season coming soon, start of January. Uh, yep. Sneaky buy low. No, it's not really buy low. You'd have to pay for it because he's been great. Uh, but he he's going to sustain and maybe even get better. Okay. Yep. Uh, he, yeah, he has been uh, quietly really good this year, which which is what we were hoping for coming into the season. He reminds um, me of Joe Ingles when Ingles was good and on the jazz. So Joe Ingles isn't good anymore. Is that is that what you're saying? I've got him on my list. He's coming up. Um, I, I've had th- four back surgeries, and even I could blow by Joe Ingles at this point. <laughs> yeah, speed is, speed is not a strength. If if he if NBA players had those sort of those bars down the bottom for each of them on on power, strength, speed, Joe yep. Ingles' speed bar would probably be in the negative because uh, <laughs> yeah, he he is not a quick player. Um, but look, I mean. The career he's had is is pretty incredible, given oh, he's his fantastic. lack of athletic yeah. ability and he's. Well, he used um, to he used to have it. He used to be one of those guys who, and a little off topic, but I think he is he a, is he an Australian guy too? He is, yes. Okay, so yeah. we do this once a show where we talk about Duop Reith and and <laughs> and Andrew Bogut and all the Australian players. So here's our time to talk about uh, Joe Ingles. He was always a very good defender because he could use his body. He had good footwork. Mm. He was never scared of anybody. And then on offense, he was always a surprisingly good passer and, and facilitator yeah. in addition to being a good shooter. So he, 
carved out an incredible career. Uh, he was like, I mean, but when they used to call people like so-and-so stoppers, like Joe Ingles got the mm. name yeah. your player in the West stoppers, like Joe Ingles will be on him in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and where, I mean, <clears throat> here in Australia, obviously we always have one eye on our national team and, and who's coming through the ranks. And, and Joe Ingles, along with Paddy Mills, has obviously been sort of at the core of our team for the last decade. And watching him in the uh, in the World Cup, what was that, six months ago? No, not even that, four months ago. Um, he he looked washed. Like, honestly, he, he looked like he was done. Um, he came back off that. ACL injury last year didn't look very good. He looked slow in the World Cup. Um, I mean, he was still getting minutes just because of who he is and and you sort of need him out there for his leadership. But we were sort of, a lot of me and my mates, we, we talk about this um, when it's relevant. So obviously during the World Cup, we were talking about what does our Olympic team look like? And, and Ingalls was sort of, we were a bit undecided. And after watching him this year, though, I think he's obviously coming off an injury now, but um, he's looked good again. I think Orlando yep. playing with those young guys has sort of reinvigorated him. He's he's come out and said he wants to be on our Olympic team. So, uh, yeah, again, off topic, but but from an Australian point of view, um, it's been really encouraging to see him turn things around after it did look like he was sort of done um, at that elite level. He's definitely easy to root for. And I'd say bringing this back to NBA – the players on his old jazz team have all kind of had that resurgent year. So Joe's doing great again in, in Orlando. Donovan Mitchell's coming on incredibly strong for the Cavs right now. Rudy yeah. Gobert is locked in defensive player of the year talking about betting on awards. He's like mm. minus 150 already. So all those jazz guys still still doing it. And they used to be yep. the standard number one seed. But let's we could talk some Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, yeah, we can. And look, even even Boyan Bogdanovich um has had moments for Detroit. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Detroit haven't had a lot of moments as a team, but he, he's been okay. Uh Brooklyn. So coming off this week, obviously they only had one game in Paris. Um so a few guys have probably been dropped um in terms of Brooklyn the the depth chart. Uh Cam Thomas, Dorian Finney Smith, Royce O'Neill Dennis Smith Jr. and Lonnie Walker. Um, if you if you can pick any of these guys on the right night, they can all have value. Um, if I had to prioritize one here, I, I like Dennis Smith Jr. I, I just think his assists, his steals, um, out of position rebounds. I, I just think he brings a little bit to the table that the others don't. Cam Thomas, if you need points. Uh, Lonnie Walker, if you need points. Finney Smith and O'Neill, I mean, we know who they are. They're sort of a, a bit of everything, but they tend to alternate. Um, what are your thoughts on Brooklyn for this week? Definitely agree. It's Dennis Smith Jr. that you have to target. He's taking Dinwiddie's minutes to close games. Yep. Um, so is there a chance that he becomes a starter? Is there a chance Dinwiddie gets moved? Is there a chance, you know, he keeps this up all, you know, getting 28 plus minutes all season and he's just rosterable? Um like 10 assists the last game prior to that seven assists and 12 rebounds. When you talk about the out of position rebounds, mm. multiple stocks in, in every game. So Dennis Smith jr. Sneakily very coming on very strong in the exact time where um, Dinwiddie is very, very much struggling. Yeah. He's uh yeah. Dinwiddie has been disappointing. I'm holding him in a couple of leagues and, and they 
they played yesterday in Paris and and Dinwiddie was terrible, but he was sick coming into the game. So I'm sort of giving him a pass on that just because I think he and Dorian Finney-Smith were both um, under the weather. So, yeah, I, I am giving him a pass, but I, I can certainly see, as you said, Dennis Smith has been playing over Dinwiddie. He closed over him in the game before that. Um, top 120 player over the last two weeks in 22 minutes a night. If he can get up to 26, 27 minutes, he's a top 80, top 90 player. So could become must roster at some point. Boston, uh, there's never much to talk about in Boston. Uh, Al Horford, if, uh, if, if Porzingis sits and he's been sort of a little bit banged up the last couple of weeks, he's missed a couple of games. Um, last night's game was, must have been frustrating from a betting perspective with Boston resting their starters in the second half. I mean, I don't know if if that happens. Does that affect betting? Like, do do they refund money or anything when that happens? Can I uh, can I go on a little rant here? You can go on a rant. If you bet on the Boston Celtics last night, coming off the second leg of a back-to-back and going on the road, missing Al Horford, who has historically been such a key piece for them playing against Giannis. And you're going to go and and back the Celtics after playing not only the second game in two nights, but the Minnesota Timberwolves at that. So they're dealing with physicality and defensive length in back-to-back games Everyone and their mom was on the Celtics in that spot. I was like, this is the clearest day. Don't bet it. Stay away. The Bucs are struggling, and I wasn't saying go back the Bucs, but <clears throat> that was as clear of a stay away as I've ever seen, and the results panned out. And then I go on Twitter, and everyone's asking for refunds on their prop bets because of a blowout. Like, welcome to the NBA in January, guys. There are mm-hmm. going to be blowouts. I actually also spoke about this recently on the podcast. In this month, I less volume of bets, less exposure on my bets because it starts to get wonky right now. There's trade rumors. There's random rest nights. There's this lull between uh, before the like in the NFL playoffs and before the NBA All Star game. This is like the this is the doldrums of the NBA season. These are the winter months to get through before we start ramping back up for the playoffs. So we came out of the gates and try to establish ourselves as a team. Now we're now we're like not pedal to the metal here. And then we'll do that again in February, March. You got to know the bell curve of NBA betting and know backing favorites or backing like the public team in the month of January is very dangerous. And those people were burned by the Boston Celtics last night. Anyways, in fantasy sense coming up for this week, Celtics do play four games and it's just every other day. So it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So you will probably have Horford playing. Uh, Sam Hauser has been playing great. When he gets his playing time, he's pretty incredibly reliable to hit his threes. Um, Pritchard, I'd be interested in in hearing the Pritchard take. Yeah, look, I I mean, I don't know. He's he's a tricky one. Like he's getting, he's getting minutes. Um, He doesn't do a lot typically in, in those minutes. So this is, He's probably more of a guy you want to target if, like, if Drew Holiday just decides to sit one of those games or, or something like that. Um, if you look at just running through his game log now, this is Pritchard. He obviously played heavy minutes yesterday because they rested everyone. 
uh, 30 minutes, 21 points, four rebounds, four assists. That's a 12-team line. Game before, he was at 16 minutes with three points and, and basically nothing else. So he's very up and down, and I'd probably only consider picking him up, like I said, if Drew Holiday is going to miss um, or well, even if anyone's going to miss, he's sort of that guy that can step in and and, and they, they can shuffle that starting lineup around a little bit and get Pritchard in. So even if, like, Jalen Brown was to miss a game, they might move things around and get Pritchard in. So, yeah, not a priority. No one on, on Boston is a priority for me. So, um, But on to the next team, Houston. Cam Whitmore might be a priority. Yep. He's coming off a career-high 33 minutes. Uh, have right. they figured out that they need to give him more minutes? I don't know. It's This is obviously uh, related to the Tari Eason injury, the Dylan Brooks injury. But neither of those guys sound like they're going to be back in the next game or two. So Whitmore's sort of a is a little bit of a risk because the, the sample size we've got is incredibly small. But even in prior to his last game, uh, he'd been playing sort of 18, 16 minutes, but was scoring double digits. He'll get you 12, 14 points. He'll get you some other stuff, a bit of defensive stuff. Um, so if they're... If they are confident in him now and they're going to start rolling him out upwards of 25 minutes a night until Eason and until Brooks are back, I think I'd be going and grabbing him even in 12-team leagues. So the Houston Rockets this year, to everyone's surprise, have struggled offensively and have succeeded defensively. We knew with Ime they would become a defensive team, but we didn't expect it to be happening this quickly where – they're one of the best teams at points against and one of the worst teams at scoring the basketball. You look at what Cam Whitmore's doing in the G League when he's not in the NBA, 26 points a game, scoring the ball at will, and within that, shooting 39% from three. And now I know the speed of the game changes, but the ability to space the floor and be a respected shooter, he's proving his ability to do that, and that will keep him in the NBA and on the floor. So... He fits what this team starts to need. So maybe he is going to get more time because he's adding an element that they're missing. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been really impressed with him. Uh, Jeff Green, uh, we know who Jeff Green is. If you if you need a, a centre for whatever reason, um, give him a look. But, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't do a lot. His upside's pretty low. The Lakers, a uh, few names on here that are, are always here. Cam Reddish, I feel like he's always on this list. Uh, Torian Prince. If he's available, his minutes have been really consistent. Uh, production's a little bit up and down. I've put Christian Wood on here. Um, prior, he was out of the rotation last night, but prior to that, he'd been in the rotation over Jackson Hayes, playing meaningful minutes. I wouldn't say significant minutes, but he'd been um, he'd been doing enough to pop up on the radar. So I'm not sure whether being out of the rotation last night was just a matchup kind of thing, or whether he was just not feeling 100%. I don't know. So he'd be someone to consider if you think he, he's going to continue playing. D'Angelo Russell may have been dropped in a few leagues. He's been pretty bad. Uh, I think I've sort of been mentioning him as a drop candidate. So if he was dropped, maybe you you stream him in and he gets hot. And Rui Hachimura, so I popped him in because I think he's been upgraded. So he's questionable. Um, and if, I mean, if the Lakers need a lot of stuff at the moment, but one thing they do need is some scoring off the bench. Like they just, they need 
someone to do something. Uh, and Hachimura can do that. So if he if they do sort of upgrade him and he plays and, and he I might not grab him for that first game because it's a calf injury, they're probably gonna limit him. But towards the back end of the week, maybe give him a look if he's been playing. Uh, any thoughts on the Lakers? I think if D'Angelo Russell was dropped, he's he's an ad. Um He's very important, and he could score in bunches to this team. Everyone thinks he's a trade candidate, and people think he's overrated, whatever, but he could put up stats. That matters for fantasy purposes. Um, the rest of it is, if you could figure out who's healthy on this team, because it's not just Darvin Ham complaining to the media about them not being healthy. They are down the most rotation minutes and the most uh, start, like starter time and minutes played of any team in the NBA this year. They also lead the league with players on questionables and probables with LeBron and AD pretty much doing that every game. So if you could figure out who is the guy that's going to be healthy and playing that game and strike that iron while it's hot, then they're all pretty much streamable. Yeah, yeah, they are. And and I don't know whether I talked with with you about – no, I feel like it was a more recent show, but I, I just touched on and I remembered back to the start of the season after that first game when Darvin Ham came out and said that LeBron was going to play no more than 30 minutes a night except if they needed him, if the, the sort of the situation called for that. And then if you go back through his game log, uh, he's played like over 35 minutes in basically every game this year, uh, there's like four where he hasn't. So that was, yeah, he's, he's putting a lot of miles on those tyres this season, um, despite the fact that they were talking about sort of easing off uh, on his workload. That has not happened at all. Um, Miami, a ton of injuries. I was just reading through the injury report. Jimmy Butler is out. Tyler Hero is out. Um, Kyle Lowry is out. I mean, this team is just banged up constantly, it feels like. So I've got Josh Richardson, Kevin Love, uh, and I always get the wrong Martin when I look at Miami. Um, which Martin is it? Caleb. Uh, so I think all three of those, Caleb Martin is upgraded to probable. Um, I would consider all three of those almost priority because of the fact that the Heat only have Hakez Jr., Bam at a bio, Duncan Thank Robinson, you, like that. It's sort of their core at the moment. So um, I think the Heat uh, make for some really good targets, assuming those injuries carry through to next week, of course. Yeah, add Haywood Highsmith to the to the list. Yeah, too. yeah. He's been, he's been playing great as of late. Uh, Thirty-five minutes last game, five threes, nineteen points. So if if he's hitting a shot and he seems to be getting healthy again, he's back out there. He should be added. But yeah. Miami are down so many players. So it's Lowry, it's Jimmy, it's Hero, it's all of their high usage guys. So definitely yep. you if you pick up the right person who's going to take up that usage, you can get a real nice streamer option. I'm pretty glad. I mean, not that I've ever really targeted him or drafted him anywhere, but I'm pretty glad I avoided Jimmy Butler this year. Um, I'll say that. He's terrifying in fantasy. <laughs> uh, New York. Um, so I've put Josh Hart. I haven't put Dante DiVincenzo because I think he's probably been added uh, in most leagues. And, and if he if he wasn't added prior to last night, he probably has been now because he was he was pretty good last night in a loss. Uh, Josh Hart, 
look, he continues to play good minutes, 25, 26 minutes, but he's just not doing a lot with that time. So I think DiVincenzo is the clear priority there. Um, and then I've just put Quinton Grimes. He's been better of late, but he's probably – he's really only a deeper league uh, ad there. Any Anyone else um, in New York? No, I agree. I will reiterate, great call on the DiVincenzo. Right as that trade was happening, you said he was the guy that I would prefer. Yeah, I think he just fits what they do. We saw – we've seen him do it in the past. He was, he was really good for Golden State last year. Um, so, yeah, that sort of made sense. Uh, Orlando, it's not wager. It's Wagner. Um, typing this up quickly before we came on. I've misspelt that and it hasn't picked it up for me. Uh, so Mo Wagner, Goga Badadze, they seem to be alternating centre minutes depending on the matchup. So both of those guys uh, can be considered. Badadze is probably still the priority just because he's starting. But Wagner will certainly give you a lot more offence than Badadze. So it really depends what you need. Cole Anthony... Um, I've popped him on here, uh, even though Markel Fultz is back. Fultz has only played, uh, what, I think, 15 and 12 minutes or something. So they're ramping him up really slowly. I mean, I could even theoretically have Fultz on this list because he's probably not rostered in, in all competitive leagues. And then Joe Ingles, he's coming back. Uh, I think he was probable. Or is, no, he's off the injury report, I think. Uh, yes, off the injury report with a left ankle sprain. So um, with no, I mean, they, his minutes won't be right up there from from the get-go, but with Franz Wagner out, Ingles sort of slides into playing that makeshift facilitator role. Um, he was playing well before he got injured, so Ingles might be someone to consider if you need some, as we said, assists, and he'll, he'll sort of luck into a steal or two and he'll hit some threes. He's good from the free throw line. So a little bit of streaming value in Orlando. Agreed. Cole Anthony, because they're missing some scoring around the edges. So it's going to be Paolo and Cole Anthony. Joe Ingles, if he gets those 20 to 25 minutes with Franz out, definitely playable. Yep. Uh, on Spurs, uh, Malachi Branham and Champagne. Now do the, I haven't got the, actually, no, I do have the schedule if it loads up. I was just seeing whether the Spurs have a back-to-back next week. It is they Friday, do. Saturday. They're they do. So, I mean, we're going to see whether – because they, they're on a back-to-back now. I think they play tonight and tomorrow night. Um, so – and Wembenyama is not on the injury report for tonight. So we'll see whether – that is still going to hold, whether they are still resting him in, in the second night of a back-to-back um, or not, or whether just the minutes restriction remains and they play him on a back-to-back. That impacts streaming because if he's not there, other people have got to do other stuff. But based on him being healthy and playing, there's probably not a lot there outside of Branham and, and Champagne. Yeah, I would say, I mean, Zach Collins is out right now, so yeah. he might be dropped given his recent stuff. You might want to add him and stash him, especially, I don't know if he's going to come back at all during the, no, he's out indefinitely. He won't be back for the Wembenyama back-to-back. Spurs are playing great basketball right now, so whether you're whether or not you're streaming them, go watch them. I will be yeah. very likely betting the Spurs plus seven and a half against the Hawks on Martin Luther King Monday coming up. They have looked a lot better. They've, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that Trey Jones coming back into the starting lineup has made them look better because he's an actual point guard. Um, 
whether he's their point guard of the future, I, I don't think he is, and I think they've made that clear because they didn't start him from day one. But they've looked a lot better with him running the show. Sohan has looked better not running the show, so he's looked better just playing in his normal position as a forward, sort of point forward who can handle the ball a bit. Um, Devin Vassell has been incredible the last two weeks. I think he's a top 20 player or something. So, yeah, they're certainly looking a lot better and, and more enjoyable to watch, at least, than they were to open the season. Uh, Toronto, uh, Gary Trent, he sort of falls into that category of, of Eric Gordon and um, Malik Beasley and these three-point guys. Um, now, I've put – so Jakob Pertl is going to be out this week. Chris Boucher, a lot of people ran and got Chris Boucher, and I, I didn't, I couldn't avoid him any more than I already have, do. Like I, I just don't see him as a, a guy that can play meaningful minutes. If you watch him on the court, he's defensively he's a liability. Um, I think I saw him; he had three turnovers on three consecutive possessions in one game. So, and obviously the fact that they've opted to start Thad Young at centre, who basically hasn't played all year and is about forty years old. I think that tells you everything you need to know about how they view Boucher long-term. But Thad Young, I think he's worth a grab. What do you think? I grabbed Boucher. I got egg on my face. Um, It was not just Nick Nurse that doesn't trust him. So it's a young, new development coach that's coming in. Yeah. Doesn't trust him. So, okay. I think we have some answers there. Thad Young. I mean, yeah, Pirtle's going to be out. Uh, you got some wiggle room there, but it's 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 gross. But that one reminds me of like the Kelly Olynyk situation in Utah. Yeah, yeah, it is gross. Um, that <laughs> that but Thad Young, look, we we know what he can do. We've we've seen him do it in the past. He'll get you defensive stuff. He gets rebounds. He's pretty efficient because he only shoots like five or six shots a game. Um, he can be sneaky in assists. So if you remember back, sort of three years maybe when he was with Chicago, and he. He, this up this assist upside came out of nowhere and he was getting eight, ten assists. Um, so that he has that element to his game. So I think if he's going to start and he's going to play 24, 26, 28 minutes, he's probably worth grabbing um, if you don't need points because, he, yeah, he, he's fresh. He, he hasn't yeah. done a lot this year, so he's well-rested. He might already be sore. But the, uh, the Raptors are playing so fast right now that they're going to put up a stat set especially going more five out, more small ball, more quickly running the point. They're going to put up more stats than their season suggests. Uh, where is uh, where is that young? Where is he even on there? I can't even see him. Oh, there he is. He's already in the center. I'm just pulling up his, his game. Because he's not going to – if you do pick him up, don't sort of look at the game log and then be disappointed that he only played 23 minutes or 24 because he just can't play 30 minutes or 32 minutes, um, especially at the pace that they run. But if you look at the last two games, he had 29 and 23 minutes, um, five steals, a block, seven assists, nine rebounds, 18 points, and shot, I don't know, like 65% or something. So exactly what you picked him up for. Uh, in Utah, Simone Fantecchio, he's he's a bit like Lou Dort. He's probably dropped and added a lot. Um, but his role seems fairly secure. They they seem to be comfortable with him in the starting lineup. Uh, Kelly Olenek, who I still think 
can be rostered in 12-team leagues if you can use him as a bit of a stash kind of guy um, because he's only playing 18 to 20 minutes a night, which is barely enough for 12-team value. And Chris Dunn has been pretty good uh, the last little bit. Won't score, but he'll get you some rebounds. Uh, He's a good shot blocker from the guard position. He gets some assists. Uh, He's starting only playing, he's not playing typical starters minutes, but he's doing enough, I think. Um, and it doesn't appear as though they're ready to hand the keys back to Keontae George just yet. Agreed. I would throw Akbaji on the list as well. I know he's not getting enough minutes yet, but I do think it's going to come a time where he's getting 28 plus in Utah. They're playing yeah. great now that they're mm-hmm. healthy. So everyone they are. I think I was listening, listening to a podcast uh, this morning, and I, I think they're maybe 12 and four in their last 16 games, something like that. Um, and yeah, so no, they're, they're looking good, uh, which, which is only good for fantasy. It's, it'll be interesting to see because I think a month ago we were sort of seeing them as a team that might shake things up and, and look to trade Larry Markinen or, or whatever it might be, but they're playing well now. So I don't know where their mindset is right now um, and, and where Kelly, because Kelly Olenek is the guy I'd like to see traded, but he he plays a, an important role for them off the bench. And if they're looking yeah. to win, they probably need to keep him around. So um, any final thoughts before I, I let you bounce out of here? No, I just think we're going to see some weird injury reports over the next week or two. That's This is the time of the year. So be aware, yeah. be checking it, stay ready, prioritize games and schedule. A lot of the what we cued in on today was who has multiple games on low volume, who plays back-to-backs. Those are things very much to be aware of in this part of the year. And also, if you can try and snag someone that you foresee season-long value with. So if you see someone like Dennis Smith Jr. taking over for Dinwiddie and it's sticking and you have an inkling that it might go that way, then grab that and play into that direction and try and hold them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it is a it's a tricky time of year because I, I think, as you said, a lot of people aren't aware. Like you think of fantasy and you think of the silly season, which comes in sort of March when we're seeing weird rotations and you know, phantom injuries and that sort of thing. But this time now it is is a little bit tricky to navigate, as we saw last night with with Boston. Um, so yeah, just keeping an eye on on the schedule and waiver wires. It, it's and and we're we're sort of ramping up to the fantasy playoffs. So if you're sitting sixth in your league, there is an opportunity probably in the next couple of weeks to to snag a couple of categories and and but move up the standings. So yeah, it's a key part of the season. Um, now next week we spoke about this off air just before we jumped on this show. Um, we, so we record this uh, on a, a Friday, um, your time, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, my time. It's typically released on a Saturday morning for we're looking ahead to the next week, obviously. What we're going to maybe do next week is record this live. So this will be recorded at the time we're doing it now, which is what it's 1 p.m. Pacific. So 1 p.m. your time, which is 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll be focusing more on, so your Friday, Saturday, Sunday slate. So those three games, as well as looking ahead just to the Monday, Tuesday, because sometimes you can sort of pick someone up who plays on Saturday, Monday, Tuesday or something. Um, So that might be the plan next week is to to go live and just see 
Um, take some viewer questions. I have a feeling we're going to broadcast it on Twitter as well. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of a change for anyone that, that does tune in regularly to get those streaming um, the, the streaming sort of tips. Uh, we'll be doing it live with a little bit of a change in, in format next week, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, you've got a new show uh, that you debuted last week, Check Ball. That's a regular thing now, I'm assuming, because the NFL season is sort of where it's into wild card weekend, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, there's like, there's going to be, I mean, this weekend there's, I think, six football games, but there's going to be, you know, essentially four or two and then one football game yeah. moving forward. So a lot less work I have to do on that side in terms of studying the numbers, getting ready for the matchup. So figure now's a great time to start just doing a general check-in with the NBA. So this week, this past week, we ranked Morant and Halliburton. Unfortunately, they both get injured. We ranked uh, Donovan Mitchell and... Who was the last one that was part of that list? Uh, De'Aaron Fox. We ranked those four point guards. We talked about which coach was on the hottest seat. We talked about the checking in with the trade market, which teams we wanted to make a move. Uh, we also used the Grizzlies for that, which now that throws a monkey wrench in it. But anyways, just going to be doing a general NBA check-in. Not betting related, not fantasy related, just general NBA show. And if you want a, us to talk about any specific topic, just reach out to me on Twitter at Fiddlespicks and we could I could include it in the next week. And that comes out, I know it came out earlier in the week, Tuesday. Yeah, it should be Mondays. Yeah. Monday, okay. Mondays. Yep. Yep. So we're, we should be up to six regular shows now a week uh, as part of the Fantasy Basketball International sort of network that we've got going, which is really good. Um, we'll figure out a seventh so that we're doing a show every day. That's That was our goal coming into the season. We're almost there. Uh, at Fiddles Picks on Twitter is where you can find Mike. At Adam King 91 is where you can find me. Remember to uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, to this show. Um, we, I mean, we love doing our, our content, and the more people we can reach, the better. We're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of your podcast network uh, platforms. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.